ಕಿಂಚಿತ್ರಕ್ಷೇತ್ರಜ್ಞಸಂಯೋಗಾತ್ರಜ್ಞಸಂಯೋಗಾತ್ವಿಭರದರ್ಶಭ ಸಹಪಶ್ಯಸ್ indeed says so lord krishna says one who sees the samam sarveshu bhuteshu tishthantam the one obtaining equally in every being one who sees he alone sees so question is asked here nanu sarvopi lokah pashyati everybody sees why do you say that this person alone sees doesn't everybody see so why do you say only wise person sees everybody sees everybody eyes and everybody perceives <coughs> that is true but just because we see does not mean that we see it right somebody sees a snake and somebody sees a rope the person also this fellow also see the see something but doesn't see it right so when we see it is possible that what we see is a brahma is a is a delusion meaning that there is a projection we see something other than what there is so here shankaracharya gives the example of two moons that he is very fond of giving so when there is some problem with the eyes where there is one you see two so he also sees i also that's all right even while seeing he does not see so because he sees wrongly therefore he does not see and the ignorant person therefore whatever he sees sees wrongly meaning gives reality to that which is not real and misses what is real when we give reality to the costume of that actor then we take upon look upon him as a beggar I see him. Yes, I see him. But still, I do not see. What I see that is a beggar. What really is is a millionaire. <coughs> so one will not discriminate between the costume and the person wearing the costume. That will understand that beggar is a costume and the king also is a costume and all these are costumes. But then, in all this wearing, the beggar and the king and the minister in all of these roles, one who says samam sarveshu tishthandam. So one who obtains equaling all of them. the actor is equally obtaining in all of them even though the costumes are different apparently they look so different and still in, inherently each one of them is one alone so the one who sees he sees so then we must be the actor wise of course to be able to see that otherwise like when i went to watch movie with my little nephew i thought there was a there was a beggar there the swami is not a beggar then what is he he is such and such actor so he is a wise person he can i said how do you know swami is don't you see his eyes and so 
everything can change, but there are a few things that cannot be changed, you know, regardless of what they do, there are a few things that they cannot change about themselves, they cannot change the eyes, they cannot change certain, you know, certain basic structure cannot be changed regardless of what kind of a costume the actor puts on. If you have your eyes for that changeless thing, then you can recognize. Regardless of what costume God wears, he cannot hide a few things. Asti, Bhati, Priyam cannot hide. Even he comes as a, as a Ravana or comes as anything, he cannot hide the fact that he is, he shines and that inherently that love is there. So Asti, Bhati and Priyam, that cannot be hidden. So we must have our eyes. And when can we see that? When then the costume is not important. So when we recognize an actor, even in the beggar also, some kind of an arithmetic happens or algebra rather happens in our mind. What is it? In our mind, we discard that costume. Discard in the sense that, recognize that the beggar is mitya. Meaning that the beggarness is only with reference to the costume and even when the person is acting as a beggar, he does not become the beggar. Even when he is begging, he is not really begging. And so, this discrimination, what called viveka or discrimination or separation between what is real and unreal happens. So, who is a beggar? So, the kshetra kshetra in the sanyogat, the sanyoga, the union or combination of kshetra and kshetra the satya and mitya. So, whatever is created is created out of union between satyam and mitya, real and unreal. In that the actor is satya, the beggar is mitya, the costume is mitya. And it's the union of the two that we have a manifestation. There is another king, there also the actor is satya, the king is mitya. So whatever it is, is the union of the satya and mitya. So Shankara says, satya anrute mithuni krutya in Brahma Sutra Bhashya. How satya and anruta or satya and mitya, mithuni krutya, how they have been united as though as though united, not that actress become the beggar. But then he looks a beggar. When we don't recognize him, we think that he is a beggar. So one who sees, looks upon him as a beggar, sees but does not see. One who sees the actor in him, he alone sees. <coughs> so that algebra, what we call the dropping, the what you call Bada and Vedanta, called negation. So negation takes place. The beggar is negated, not appreciate the actor. Negation is not an act that will remove the costume or something. That negation takes place in our own mind. This is what we call Viveka. Yaf Pashyadi, Sahapashyadi. That's all. And thus one who sees that God everywhere. Whatever be your Ishtadevata, if you think Rama is Ishtadevata, sees Rama everywhere. Or Krishna everywhere. Narayan everywhere. Shiva, whoever is Ishtadevata, is all the same. Is all Asti, Bhati, Priyam. Satyam, Jnanam, Anandam. Satchit Ananda. Every form that we have only manifests that. And thus everything becomes a glory of the Rasti Bhadi Priyam. Then when we recognize that actor, then beggar is a glory, then you can enjoy it. So why does he come as a beggar? We may as well come as a beggar, why not? If he becomes a beggar, then there's a problem. He does not become the beggar, it's the play. All of this is how much seriousness can you give? Swamiji, why did he raise his hand like this? Why did he hit somebody? It's all drama, what does it matter? Just a play. Therefore, all of this is play. For a wise person, everything is a play. And therefore, in the play it's all right. 
there are these 22 fellows, what are they doing on the field? They, they were just one ball and kicking around and what is it? Why don't you give one? You know, why are they fighting with each other? Give each one of them a ball, you know, then they will stop fighting in a game of soccer. It's uh, 22 fellows and one ball, what is this? Why they run from this end to other and keep fighting for one ball? Why should they do that? Why should they not do that? In sport it's alright. So really speaking, even though a question can be replied with question, why? The question is why not also. So that is called the sport. So there is also a way of looking at it. In fact, the Brahma Sutra which says that. So this Leela Vattu Kaivalyam is like a Leela. So sometimes this whole universe and its manifestation is described like a play. So like a king sports. For what reason? Why is there a creation? Why do you play? Just like that, that's all. What's the reason for playing? No reason. And so it's just the nature to manifest. But as I said, only when we can go out of our own little difficulties, then we can see this, the play of the beauty. And so, yaf pashyadi, saha pashyadi, one who sees that, then it all becomes a play. Then all manifestations becomes, become the glories. As Lord Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, everything is my glory. But it becomes glory provided you recognize him, otherwise it's not a glory. So, an ornament, when you recognize that it is gold, then of course you form the ornament, etc. you can enjoy. Otherwise every ornament looks different, other ornament, then there are preferences and there are all kinds of conflicts. So when we recognize that one, obtaining in all of them, then everything becomes a, a vesha, everything becomes like a, a, a role, a costume, and then you can enjoy the beauty then everything is fine. It's not that everything should be same, everything should be good. Why not? Everybody is good. Well, then you can't appreciate, you know, good is appreciating the reference to bad. And so, that is also there. It also has a place. Everything has a role to play. A scorpion also has a role to play. Poison also has a place in the world. Otherwise, it would not be made. And so, everything has a role to play. Everything has a purpose to serve. Provided we have no purpose left, then we can see that. As long as we have purposes, so long we have difficulty, then we are not objective. <coughs> so Vedanta teaches us how to be objective. This is extreme objectivity. When one sees the same Lord, Brahman, Satyam, Jnana, Manantam, in every name and form, <coughs> then that costume becomes of no consequence. Doesn't matter if a beggar or a king, then the Nama Rupa becomes of no consequence. And all our problems are only with Nama Rupa. Why is it like this? Why need to do that? Why? At what level? Only at the level of costume. All problems are at the level of costume. Is it not so? All problems are at the level of name and form. Why did he do this and why did he not do that? All of this applies where? At the level of name and form. Because even while apparently he is a beggar, he is not a beggar. And so everything is limitless. Everything is Brahman. <coughs> and what do we get by this, by this vision? The verse 28 tells us that. Samam Pashyan Hisarvatra Samavasthita Mishwaram Nahinastyatmanatmanam Tatoyati Parangatim Samam Pashyan Hisarvatra Samavasthitam Ishwaram 
This is just reiterating what was said in the previous verse. <coughs> Seeing the Lord, Samam Sarvatra Samam Avasthitam Ishwaram Pashyan Samam Pashyan Ishwaram is the Lord. So, use the word Ishwara, Brahman, Atma. I mean, you receive the context, but here Ishwara means Brahman. So, sometimes that word is used to denote Saguna Brahma, meaning Brahman with name and form, or same word is used to denote Brahman without name and form, Ishwaram, the Lord. Samam Avasthitam, the one, Samam Samavasthitam, one who obtains equally in all the beings. And when we say being, we mean here the animate, inanimate, sentient, insentient, living, non-living, eh, whatever there is in the creation. Good, bad or indifferent, whatever there is, the one who equally abides in all of them. Can you imagine how large-hearted he must be? That he can give satta and spurti existence and intelligence to anything. Even to a lion also, even to a cobra also, even to a scorpion also. Even to a saint also, even to a sinner also, that is except total acceptance of everything. Samohi sarva bhuteshu sinapriya I equally abide in everyone. I have no partiality, I have no aversion for anything. There is Lord. What an amount of accommodation. A space accommodates everything. And so also. You must be, how large-hearted you must be. So how large-hearted we should become really in order to recognize God such as that, we also have to become like that. Don't think that we can remain what we are and recognize God that is infinite. And so, look at his large-heartedness. Everything is okay. Everything, he is Atma of everyone. He accommodates everyone. And he is unopposed to everyone. He is loving to everyone. <clears throat> How can you love this cruel person? I don't know. That must require a tremendously large heart, you know, to be able to do that. But there are people who do that. Not that people don't. I mean, I tell this story, like this is a story of one of the saints in, in Gujarat, in India. A very simple person. And he used to every... There is a temple of Lord Krishna in Gujarat. A place called Dakor, you know, temple of Lord Krishna. And this is a few hundred years ago. This man used to, every Purnima, used to walk up to the temple. Have that son of the Lord. But those days, of course, they didn't have this kind of road. They had to go through forest. So once while he was going to, the, to have a darshan, and he was robbed. He says, hey, then he wrote this poem. Hey, when this, this person was going, referring to his name, you know. So when I, he, this person was going, hey Lord, you came in the form of robbers. And so the Ranchorji, you know, the Ranchor came as robber. And took away the clothes and everything. He did not, they, those fellows left nothing to him. He said, look how kind you are. I did not even offer you. You also took it away. <laughs> how come people call him robbers? This is this Ranchor, they are calling you robber. So this was his vision. And so, as I said, it just requires that heart to be able to see that Lord even in the robbers also. It's not that it is not done. It is done. It is done as early even in this, this century itself, I mean last century, now, in India also, in everywhere in the world, there have been any number of saints who have worked with people who are robbers and who are, you know, and they have worked with them and, and the robbers have laid their arms at their feet. This has happened. 
And thus you can have that goodness and you can have that love and purity which will melt away all the evil. So that the purity of the love has that power. It's not that there is muscle, muscular power, the only power in the world. That power doesn't go too far. The real power is the power of purity, the power of love or the power of goodness, the power of knowledge therefore. That brings that accommodation, that brings that large-heartedness where anything can melt. So when we see Lord Krishna destroying all kinds of demons, I wonder what is this, but doesn't... Lord Krishna means in his presence all demoniac tendencies will be, you know, they will be completely dissolved. So this is how large, I mean just describing large-heartedness of the Lord. The one who does equally abides everywhere. Who gives equally the satta and the sphurti, the existence, intelligence to everything. Pashyan, seeing Lord such as that. What happens? Nahinasti, atmana atmanam. Then now no more he hurts himself by himself. He no more destroys himself by himself. He no more hurts himself by himself. Lord Krishna says, the wise person does not hurt himself by himself. Which means that an ignorant is always hurting himself by himself. <coughs> you heard the story which we like to tell in this context. The story of a king and his story of a dog as a matter of fact. This king had this dog and king was very fond of the dog. But then when the king went out then the dog remained in the palace. The king also was very, uh, very person was, what shall I say, little very careful about his dressing and things like that. So he created a hall, a special hall with mirrors all around the hall. So before going out anywhere, king would go into this hall and look at himself, how he's dressed, how he looks from the top and bottom and side and everywhere, you know. Because when the king goes in procession, people look at him from all directions, you know. And so he wants to make sure that he looks alright and then he would go. But he had told his people, Never to allow the dog to go into this mirror room. Never. And so they never allowed the dog to go in there. But one day, inadvertently, the door of this mirror hall was left open. The king had gone out and the dog was running around in the palace. Just entered that open door. He goes in there. What does he find? A dog there. Dog this side. A dog that side. He went, you know, he retreated. The dog retreated. He started attacking, they started attacking, he started barking, they started barking. And then the dog attacked. He was attacked in return. This is what went on. When the king returned, the dog was nowhere to be found. He asked his man, he said, what happened to the dog? Oh, we haven't seen him for some time. King says, just go and see whether he is by mistake entered the room. When they went there, they found the dog lying in a corner in a pool of blood. The poor dog was fighting and fighting. With whom? <coughs> fighting with his own self. Can you, is, you know, can you fight with your own self? If you don't know that what you are seeing there is your own self, you can fight. Whenever I fight with anybody, who am I fighting with? Really, I am fighting with my own self. Is it not so? We told you that all these personalities are like mirrors. All prakriti, what distinguishes you from me is that you have one personality, I have another personality. But the one that is 
obtaining in the personality of the person is the same. And therefore, well, what happens is because of ignorance, I take you to be your personality, that's what I take you are to be. And I take myself also to be that. Since I do not, I have a wrong perception of myself, therefore I have a wrong perception of everybody else also. I, I, I equate myself to this personality, to name and form. I equate everybody also to name and form only. And that is my evaluation of myself and evaluation of everyone I come in contact with. When I recognize that I am the Purusha, Upadrashta, Anumanta, Bharta, Bhukta, Maheshwara, Asti, Bhati, Priyam, that is my nature. Then I recognize that same Asti, Bhati, Priyam manifests through every name and form. That's why Lord Krishna says in the sixth chapter, talking about the wise person, Atmu Pamyena Sarvatra, Samam Yojana, Sukham Vayadivadukham, Sayogi Paramamataha. He is called a Paramayogi, the highest yogi, who see, who, who places himself in the position of others. Meaning that he looks upon others also as his own self. He knows others as his own self. And therefore, while interacting with anybody, he places himself in the position of others. That means he treats everyone, he respects everyone as he respects himself. He looks upon everyone as important as he looks upon himself. He looks upon everyone as his own self. So understand that whenever we are fighting, whenever there is any conflict with anybody, in true sense it is nothing but a conflict with my own self. In many ways an ignorant person destroys himself. Well, the true nature of the self, as we said, is asti bhati bram satchidananda. So, of course, nobody can destroy satchidananda. But another way of destroying is insulting. So, when we insult, when we accuse somebody, let us say that a person who is really innocent or pure, and we accuse him to me with all kinds of impurities, then it is like killing him. Similarly, the self that is ever pure, <coughs> non-doer, non-enjoyer, ever changeless, ever pure, ever whole. So all the time I keep on accusing myself, I'm a doer, I'm an enjoyer, I'm an incomplete, I'm a jiva, I'm helpless, I'm, you know. All the time the superimposing ideas upon the self is like uh, accusing somebody, accusing the self of what it is not. Yeah, anyatha santam atmanam, anyatha paripratipadyate. So one, who looks upon the self as quite contrary to what it is. So Atma, that is of the nature of Ananda. I, I call it what? Dukhi. That's how I am always in search of happiness everywhere else. How can I be searching for happiness out there unless I deny the happiness which is my own self? How can the tenth man be searching for the tenth man unless he denies himself the tenth man? So very search of the tenth man itself is called denial. It's called destroying the tenth man. That's how we hurt ourselves by all the time accusing ourselves of what we are not. So this is one way of destroying the self. Meaning that even though Purnaham, I am Purnaha, that's of no use to me at all. The boy asked me a question, Swamiji, if uh, everybody is Satchidananda and Purna, then why should he do anything? Why is it necessary to do anything at all? So we are all Purna, we are all complete and whole beings and nothing is to be done in life. It is not enough that we are complete beings, but then we must recognize that we are complete beings. It is not enough that I am a wealthy person, I must recognize that I am a wealthy person. And so, the recognition, not recognizing that, 
even though a great treasure is buried in his field, he doesn't know it, he's a pauper, he's a beggar. And thus you must recognize that I am the owner of this treasure. I must recognize that that wholeness is my nature. And not recognizing that all the time, thus accusing myself, superimposing limitations upon myself is a way of hurting myself. Other thing that is being destroyed is very body, which is also we call self. And this another way of destroying something is to abuse it or misuse it. Putting something to misuse. And so, you know, this book is there, Bhagavad sometimes very thick books are there, you know. And sometimes people use them as pillows. Sometimes people use them for the seat. Sometimes sitting on the chair, then you put it under your feet, you know, for comfort. So, depends. But then, in our eyes, it will be something like terminal abusing thing. So sometimes not knowing how valuable thing is, we abuse it. <coughs> My father would be a surgeon, has very knife, beautiful knives, you know. I quietly sneak in there and take out a knife. For what? For sharpening my pencil. Then put it back there, nothing happens. We used to take our knife from the kitchen, you know, and use them for all kinds of purposes, cutting and stuff like that. And then put it back. And then mother tries to cut in a tomato. You can't cut a tomato with that knife because it has been blunt. So what is meant for a certain use is used, you know, abused. So also the human body, which we call self, is actually moksha sadhanam, is meant for moksha. Sariravadyam khalu dharma sadhanam. This human life is meant for dharma, not for other kama. It's not meant for just pleasure and just wasting away this human life and the human body, which is a very precious equipment. Mahata punya punyena kritayam kaya they say that, after expanding a lot of punya karma that you have, you have purchased this human body. Kaya nauhu, it is like the boat, and that boat is there for crossing the ocean of samsara. Param dukho dadhergantum tarayavanna bhidyate Say, this is meant for crossing the ocean of samsara and therefore use it that way before it perishes. And so this sophisticated instrument which is like the knife of a, uh, of a surgeon is used for sharpening pencils. And so this instrument which can give you moksha, I use it for what? For all kinds of just material pleasures and waste away. Unfortunately what happens is when I spend a life like that Next time when I am born, I am born with the same kind of tendencies to, to seek those kind of enjoyments and therefore the next body that is obtained also is wasted away. And thus this jiva, this, this individual self keeps on acquiring human bodies and keeps on squandering them away, wasting them away. So that is also called atmahanam, that is also called destroying myself. And again as I said, whenever I inflict pain upon anybody, when I hurt anybody, in fact, I am hurting my own self because the self that that one is, is the self that I am. Ignorance means all the time violence. Violence is a product of ignorance. This is primary violence. Violating myself is a primary violence. And all other violence, what we call all exterior violence is the result of the inner violence that is going on to begin with. There is violence. Ignorance is violence. Ignorance causes violence violating my own self. I cannot violate someone else unless I first violate myself. 
and unfortunately due to ignorance I violate myself. That's all. Therefore, a wise person is in the true sense a non-violent person. One can become truly non-violent when one recognizes oneself as the self of all. Then I cannot hurt anybody because I can never hurt myself. And so I become free from all violence. So this knowledge makes me non-violent in the primary sense. Nahinasti atmana atmanam. Then this wise person does not violate, does not hurt anybody. Tato vyadi paramgatim. That ahimsa, non-violence, a means of moksha. That's tato vyadi paramgatim. But that non-violence is due to knowledge. And that, that, by virtue of that knowledge, paramgatim yadi, he attains the ultimate end. Not going ultimately, attains himself. And the tenth person attains himself. And so also, I also attain myself. That's what is meant here. <coughs> but Swamiji, everybody is different. This is not every Atma is different. If every Atma was one, then everybody should do the same thing. Is it not so? See, if the self is one, should it not be that if one is happy, everybody should be happy? If one is unhappy, everybody should be unhappy? If one is born, everybody should be born? If one dies, everybody should die? If I am talking, you must all talk. Is it not so? If Atma is one, how can we find everybody different? And doing different things? So this was the reason why Sankhya say that Atmas are many. That argument is that Atma is one. If the self is one, then everybody should be alike. Everybody should be doing the same thing. But here we find that everybody is different. How do you explain that? So Lord Krishna explains that in the next verse, verse 29. Prakrutya evacha karmani Kriyamanani sarvashaha Yafpashyati tathatmanam Akartaram sapashyati Karmani sarvashaha kriyamani prakrutya eva It is by prakruti alone that sarvani karmani, all the karmas, sarvashaha in every way, kriyamanani are performed. It is prakruti that performs all the actions in every way. It is the personality that performs all the actions everywhere. Meaning kartratvam, the doership is in the personality. The doership is in the prakruti. What is prakruti? The body, mind, sense complex. So that is where the doership is there. That is where the enjoyership is there. Then what is the nature of self? As I said, atma, the self is non-participating. It is in the presence of the I that everything takes place. There is no need for the I to do anything. That must be a very powerful presence, understand? You know? It is not that presence always works. Sometimes nobody even looks at our presence. Nothing ha- happens in our presence. When can something happens? happen? When the presence really is there. When a king comes, everything just happens. What does it mean? In what way is the king different from an ordinary person? King has a presence, is a very imposing presence, isn't it? He possesses certain power, certain strength. And so also it is said that it is in the presence of the Lord Krishna says, in my presence the Maya or the Prakriti does everything. In presence of self, 
this prakriti of the personality does everything he doesn't need to do anything his presence is so full and so complete that nothing needs to be done that he need not make any effort at all for things to happen things just happen the idea is that in the presence of self this prakriti meaning our personality this mind sense organs body complex all the actions are performed by that prakritya eva karmani kriyamanani it is by prakriti alone that all the actions are performed in every way and lord is prakritya eva there is eva kara there only by prakriti not by purusha that excludes something eva kara is all anya vivachchedaka meaning it excludes other one all the actions are performed only by prakriti only by matter because you need to change for action to take place change is required modification is required the person is free from change or modification it is prakriti the matter that perform meaning the buddhi the mind the sense organs they perform the actions hoy atma akartaram yah pashyati tathatmanam akartaram sapashyati and thus one sees self as akarta as non doer abhokta non experiencer ever nirvikar ever changeless sapashyati so when all actions are being performed by me then also i see the fact that i do not do anything as lord krishna says in the fifth chapter neva kinchit karomi iti yukto manyeda tattvavit pashyan shrunvans prasanjigran ashnan gachchan swapan swasan etc so the wise person says neva kinchit karomi iti i do not do anything pashyan while seeing shrunvan while hearing pashyan shrunvan swasan while touching jigran while smelling gachchan while going so while going and coming and talking and walking and eating and drinking he does all of this and what is it i do not do anything he says this what does he say i do not do anything but you are doing something you are talking i do not do anything he is eating and what is it i do not do anything he is walking and talking and eating and doing all the things that we do what does he say neva kinchit karomi iti i do not do anything the who does all of this who is doing the performing act of seeing and hearing and tasting and touching and walking and talking who is doing it indriyani indriyartheshu vartante it is the sense organs that interact with the sense objects and that is called the karma i do not do anything this is the vision of the wise person that's the nature of the self karmani akarma yapashyet Lord Krishna says, "One who sees the akarma in the karma, meaning that when all actions are being performed, one who appreciates the fact that the self is satyam, knyanam, anandam, yasti, bhati, pyam, it ever remains the same, actionless, non-participating. Not that Swami, what kind of an atma is that? Doesn't do anything? Even the atma doesn't do anything, doesn't participate. That may not be appreciated in the Western world because we always like participation." That's why I just said that he need that is he need not do anything. Everything gets done. You know the picture of Lord Narayana reclining. You know the last night there was this quarrel between Brahma and Vishnu. You know, Brahma is just sleeping for the whole day. You know, how can who can call you great? But that is the greatness. That even though Lord Vishnu is sleeping for the whole day, still the whole world runs, isn't it? He is supposed to be the preserver. he is supposed to be the protector of the whole world if for preserving the world or protecting the world 
he must always go, he must go to work, office, and there every day get the computer result, you know, all feedback and everything, he must, every morning, he must get all the data, what happened yesterday, and then command today, and if this is what he has to do, he will go crazy, in one day, I don't think it will like one day, with one family to take care, you know, with a couple of children, we almost go crazy. <laughs> what to talk of one Gurukulam, you know? <laughs> then what to talk of a town and a city and a state and a country and the earth and, the, and this galaxy? Crazy! Everything is going like crazy, you know? To make sure that everything is in the right orbit. We send one rocket to the moon and then all, so many scientists are watching all the time and then making sure that, oh, it is slightly distracting. Fire this engine and this engine to keep it on track. One little thing on track. Can you imagine keeping all the galaxies on track? And every star on track? How much he should do? To maintain this world, to preserve the order, what, what should he have to do? He will go crazy. What is he shown? He is lying on his serpent bed. In his, what we call the, he is always in the, the uh, yoga nidra. In the mystical sleep he is. Means what? He doesn't have to bat an eyelid also to get anything done. If he has to open the eye even that much, then someday he'll get tired, you know. If you have to open this much also you have to do in order to make sure do this, then also he'll get tired someday because infinite time. Nothing. That is the greatness. That without doing so, Swamiji says, if Lord Narayan should go to work for maintaining this world, someday he'll require a day off also, you know. Someday. Then who will work? But no. Never can check karomati. That shows his presence itself is so powerful that his presence is enough for everything to happen. It is not a non-participating God. It is not a non, you know, lazy and non-doing in itself. It is a self that is so complete and so whole that all that is necessary is for it to be. Everything takes place. That's how great you are, understand? You are not an ordinary thing. You are so great that, I mean, we look upon ourselves as so little insignificant creatures and keep on uh, running around. But recognizing that that is not so, in fact, I am a whole, complete, limitless being, presence is enough. Swami, that will be good. Once I become wise, I won't have to do anything. I need not go to work. Oh, you never go to work anyway. Even now also you don't go to work. I go to work every day. I think I go to work. That's what I think. I think that I do all these things. In fact, the self never does anything. Prakrutya, thank God. If by, by claiming that I am doing something, I become a doer, then of course I'll have a problem. Even when the tenth man says that strength man is lost, he's not lost. Even though I brand myself as a karta and bhokta, doer, experiencer, I do not become that. We look upon the rope as a snake, doesn't become snake. That's the reason why we can know it as rope. That's how we can know the self as a karta. If pashyati tathatmanam akartaram sapashyati, thus one who sees that all kartrutva, the doership, is in the prakriti, is in the mind, is in the upadi, and the self is ever akarta, he sees. <coughs> In the 14th chapter also Lord Krishna said, Nanyam gunebhyah kartaram yada drashtanu pashyadi gunebhyah shaparam veti madbhavam sojigachari. One who recognizes that it is gunas who are doing everything. And I am the one that is the witness of the gunas, he knows. <coughs> 
so far the discussion has always involved some duality if you had noticed you know we said asti bhati priyam and nama rupa still there is a question of discriminating self from the non self the seer from the seen the purusha from prakriti you know still so it looks like there are two entities anyway still you need to separate the two separation is possible when there are two things no no there are no two things in the, we begin with the separation of self from the non self ultimately recognize that there is no such thing as non self all there is is self all there is is brahman that's what the verse 30 30th verse tells us that yada bhuta prathak bhavam ekastham anupashyate तत एव विस्तारम ब्रह्म संपद्यते तदा यदा भूत प्रसंघावम एकस्थम अनुपश्यति यदा वैन पश्यति क्लेमसी अनुपश्यति सीज इन कीपिंग विथ द टीचिंग अनुपश्यति भूत पृथक भाव एक भूत पृथक भाव पृथक भाव द डिस्टिंगशन सी वॉट वी सी इन द क्रिएशन इज ऑल द डिस्टिंगशन ऑल द डायवर्सिटी दैट वी सी सो वेन वन सीज ऑल द डायवर्सिटी एक रियली अबाइडिंग इन वन अलोन दट ऑल द डायवर्सिटी हैज इट्स लोकस ओनली इन द वन तत एव विस्तारम and all the diversity also has emerged from one alone so when we see that all the diversity really has its being in one and that that one alone ultimately brings about all diversity brahma sampadyate tada then against brahman idea is that even diversity also is not something that is separate from the one when it sees that all the ornaments have their being in one gold and sees that from one gold all the ornaments have emerged so we have this so called million ornaments in front of us so what do we see that all the every ornament is different from you there is a tremendous diversity there at the level of ornaments when one sees that all this diversity of names and forms all these personalities all of them have their being in one just as all the ornaments have their being in one gold tata hai vaj vistaram also recognizes that all the diversity is emerged from tat meaning from that gold alone that means there is no no such thing as diversity separate from gold in the beginning we say that to recognize the gold separate the name and form and see the gold later on it is said that what is this name and form nothing but gold alone all there is is gold so first of all to recognize a goal <clears throat> in our mind we discriminate between the name and form and the goal and say that hey gold is a self name and form is mithya name and form is a costume and he says wait a minute what is this name and form there is nothing but gold now see there is nothing but gold gold alone is this it is emerged from gold it is in the gold it goes back into gold there is nothing but gold <clears throat> ब्रह्म संपद्यते तदा एंड दे
right? Even diversity also doesn't, you know, is nothing but the Atma. So whatever there is, is oneself alone. Whatever there is, call it Brahman, call it Self, call it Consciousness, call it what you will, call it Ishwara. That alone is, and there is nothing apart from that. Not that there is different, this name form is something different, or Mithya is something different, or Maya is something different. There is nothing apart from that. All there is, is just, just one alone. Tada Brahma Sampadyate, then one attains Brahman. Meaning, knower of Brahman becomes Brahman. <coughs> Oh, the same Atma is in all the bodies, in all the personalities. But Swamiji then, this fellow is uh, he's a sinner. He is an evil person. Then the self becomes evil. This fellow is a good person. The self becomes good. So we, if the same person obtains in all the personalities, the personalities have all these kind of, uh, you know, limitations. The personality has all kinds of virtues and, and, and shortcomings. Does it mean that they become the virtues and shortcomings of the self? Says now. That's what the verse 31 says. <coughs> Anaditva nirgunatva Paramatma yamavyaya Sharirasthopikaunteya so I am Atma Avyaya. Atma the Self is immutable, is imperishable, or immutable. So even when you see the mutations, even when you see the changes going on in the personality or in the prakriti, the self ever remains immutable, ever changeless. Why is it so? Anaditvat Nirgunatvat. Because the Atma is Anadi. Because Atma is Nirguna, therefore he is Avyaya. So Vyaya means decay. Vyaya means mutation. Avyaya, immutation. Non-decaying, immutable. The self is immutable. Why is it so? Anaditvat, because it is Anadi, it is beginningless. Meaning it is not a product. It isn't a beginning. It is not created. It ever is. So whatever is created will perish someday. Anything that is created someday will come to an end. Anything that is a beginning will have an end someday. The Atma doesn't have a beginning. When nothing was there, then also Atma is. Atma Atma alone is one, even when nothing is there. Anaditvat. So what happens is when something is Adi. When something is beginning, when something is birth, then all modifications come. When there is asti, jayate, vardhate, then it grows. Viparinamate, it becomes mature. Apakshiyate, it starts declining. Vinashyate, it dies. Birth, growth, maturity, decline, death, everything goes through these stages. Meaning that when something is born, it will necessarily undergo changes until it perishes. Anaditvat, there is no Adi, no beginning, no birth, and therefore no modifications. Therefore, since Atma the Self, or Brahman, or Satyam Jnana Vanantam Vasti Bharati Prim, since it is beginningless, it is no birth, it is not a product, therefore 
it is imperishable, it is immutable, it is changeless. Nirguratva, Lord Krishna gives the reasons here. Nirguratva, fifth case, because, because anaditva, because it is anadi, nirgunatva, because it is nirguna, without qualities, without attributes. Anything that has got qualities, the qualities are also going to slowly and slowly suffer from mutation. This flower is red. After a week perhaps this will fade away, the red color will fade away. After a month will further fade away, time will come when this color will completely fade away. Right now the patterns are very beautifully, you know, systematically organized. In course of time, the patterns also will start disintegrating. It is the nature of everything that everything is because guna. Where guna the quality is there, the quality will be lost. Where attributes are there, the attributes will be lost in course of time. However great a person is, that greatness will slowly go away. However, whatever it is, it has to go. That's the nature. But then nirgunatvat, the atma is nirguna, without attributes, without qualities, and therefore it cannot suffer any loss. See, two ways a thing can actually change. One is, inherently I am changing by nature. And secondly, I possess something because of which I change. That I am inherently changing because I am born and therefore someday I will die and therefore constantly change is going on. Secondly, I am wealthy person right now and as Swami said, you invested money in the stock, next day I am gone. So then my possession goes, then also a change happens. So change can take place inherently because there is inherently my nature is changing or change can happen because of my association with something. Brahatma is inherently changeless, anaditvat, as well as is changeless because not affected by anything, nirgunatvat, ayam paramatma, avyaya, this paramatma self is limitless, avyaya, immutable, shariyasthopi kaunteya, nakarotina lipkate, even therefore, even though obtaining in the body, nakaroti does not do anything, nalipkate does not get tainted at all. Meaning, Nakarodi doesn't have Kartritva, therefore does not perform any action, and therefore doesn't become tainted by the results. The Karta alone becomes affected by the Karma Phala. So when I perform an action, I'm accountable for the results. Atma does not perform an action, therefore he is not affected, is not affected by the Karma Phala. Nakarodi, Nalipyade. Shari Rastopi, even though obtaining in the body. Swamiji is saying that Atma obtains in the body, no, the body is a place of manifestation of the self, therefore it is just said that the self is in the body. Like the bulb is a place of manifestation for electricity, so you may say electricity is in the bulb. Electricity is everywhere, but you say it is in the bulb, because that's where it manifests. So tentatively you say that Atma is in the body, or we feel that Atma is in the body. So even though associated with the body, all change is taking place in the body, no change ever takes place in the self. And therefore, there is no kartrutva, no bhaktrutva. Therefore, the self is the same in all the diverse personalities. <coughs> the next two verses in that, Lord Krishna gives, with examples, this is explained. Kimyavana karodhi nalipyadeti. In what way? How, how do you say, what is the example, what is the illustration to show how the self does not do anything, nor does it get affected. So for that, the verse 32 says here, 
यथा सर्वगतम सौक्ष्म्याग आकाशम नोपलिप्यते सर्वत्रावस्थितो देहे तथात्मानोपलिप्यते so akasham the example of space is given yatha sarvagatam the space is all pervasive the in space everything is all kinds of fragrance also is in space all the stink also is in place all the cleanliness also is in space all the pollution also is in space everything is in space lord krishna says akasham the space even though is all pervading all accommodating now upalipyate but does not in any way get defiled doesn't get tainted doesn't get polluted doesn't get defiled space ever remains pure ever formless ever you know ever pure ever shining that's the nature of space akasham asamantat kashyate that is shines in every direction so even though there may space accommodates everything even those things that are impure but how even though impure thing obtains in the space and stays space still remains unaffected un- untainted undefiled why is it so saukshmyat because it is subtle a gross thing cannot influence the subtle so what obtains in the space this is all gross meaning so all names and forms are gross and space is subtle therefore space being subtle is not affected not defiled not polluted by whatever there is in the space similarly sarvatra avasthito dehe similarly also even when the self is obtaining everywhere in the body no palipade so the body may be stinking in some places when the self starts stinking in my mind some kind of evil thoughts may be going on the self become evil now even though pervading everywhere it just as a space doesn't get defiled the self also even though obtains in the whole body in the mind in the intellect in everything it accommodates everything and still is not tainted or defiled by anything so example of space so we can understand what is meant by purity what is meant by asangatvam unconnected not being tainted not being affected space is a beautiful example how it accommodates everything and still remains unaffected by everything and so also the consciousness remains unaffected by everything consciousness illumines every thought the good thought also is illumined by consciousness you will that's the next example let's go to the next verse that's the example here यथा प्रकाशयत्येकृष्ण लोकमीम रवि क्षेत्र क्षेत्री तथा कृष्ण प्रकाशयत भारत यथा जस्ट एज एक रवि वंशन Imam Krishnam Lokam Prakashayati illumines the entire world. Just as one sun illumines the entire world. So what is illumined is many. 
the eliminator is one. Also another nice thing is this, that this light which illumines never gets tainted or affected by what is illumined. So light, which is itself colorless, illumines all the different colors, but does not become colored. Like the crystal we showed yesterday also, the crystal also, even though might reflect many different kinds of colors, but ever remains pure, even though appearing as colored, ever remains pure. That's another kind of an example. Crystal also is presented as an example. But here, the light which illumines everything itself remains unaffected by everything. It illumines all the forms. Light doesn't become formed. It illumines all the colors, does not become colored. It may illumine all pure things, doesn't increase. Purity is not increased. It may illumine impure things also, does not become impure. So how light, even though touching everything, if there is all the garbage lying there, stinking garbage lying there, light illumines that also. Doesn't become stinking, doesn't become garbage. Or there is fragrance there, like the, you know, incense stick is there, the light illumines that also. It doesn't become, in, you know, doesn't become fragrant. It remains ever pure as it is. So this is another example. How one sun illumines the whole world. How one illumines everything. Kshetram Kshetri Tathakrasnam Prakashayati Bharata Tatha similarly, he Bharata, he Arjuna, this Kshetri, Kshetri means the Purusha, the Self, Krasnam Kshetram Prakashayati, illumines the entire Kshetra, illumines the entire Prakriti, beginning from my body to the whole universe is illumined by oneself. Just as sun, that is one, illumines the whole diverse universe, and so also the oneself illumines the whole diversity of what we call the kshetra or the prakriti or the matter on the creation. And how the sun doesn't get affected by what it illumines. Similarly also, the self of the consciousness is unaffected by what it illumines. As I said, the consciousness illumines a good thought also, an evil thought also, sattvic thought also, rajas thought or tamas, whatever is illumined, it remains unaffected by that. This is the nature of the illuminator that remains unaffected by the attributes of what is illumined. So these two examples are given. One, the example of pervasiveness because self is all pervasive. Other is the example of illumination because self is consciousness that illumines everything. So even while supporting everything, even while accommodating everything, even while accommodating giving existence to everything, even while illumining meaning giving sattā and spurti to everything, so Atma is that which provides Sattā and Spurdi, Asti and Bhādi. So example of Asti, Akasha. Example of Bhādi, Surya. And still, it ever remains untainted, ever pure. Similarly also, the Self supports all the activities of the Prakriti and remains actionless. It limits all the modifications of the Prakriti, remains ever unmodified. It limits all the changes, remains ever changeless. It limits all the mutations, it remains ever immutable. It remains a diversity, it still remains one non-dual. <coughs> and concluding this chapter, in the last verse, Lord Krishna says, summarizing everything that has been said, Kshetra Kshetra Gnyayo Revam Antaram Jnana Chakshusha Bhuta Prakriti Mokshancha 
ये विदुर्यांति ते परम एवं इन दिस मैनर क्षेत्र क्षेत्र अंतरम अंतरम इज डिस्टेंस और डिस्टिंक्शन सो दस द डिस्टिंक्शन बिटवीन क्षेत्र एंड क्षेत्र यह ये ज्ञान चक्षुषा विधु दोस्त पीपल हु विदु हु दोस्त पीपल हु नो ज्ञान चक्षुषा बट आई ऑफ नॉलेज द डिस्टिंक्शन बिटवीन क्षेत्र एंड क्षेत्र बिटवीन ऑब्जेक्ट एंड सब्जेक्ट purusha and prakriti between the person and the personality or the self and non self between satyam and mithya so those who see with eye of knowledge and they say with this what we call charma chakshu or these two eyes we see only the diversity with eye of knowledge one sees the one obtaining in many the same obtaining the infinite obtaining in all the finite the imperishable obtaining in all the perishable one who sees that भूत प्रकृति मोक्षम मोक्ष मोक्ष एनिहिलेशन और भूत प्रकृति और कॉल द भूत और प्रकृति और द मैटर टोटल द डिस्ट्रक्शन ऑफ द मैटर एनिहिलेशन ऑफ द मैटर वॉट वी कॉल निगेशन ऑफ द मैटर मिनिमम रेकग्नाइज ऑल द मैटर और नेम इन फॉर्म इज टोटली मिथ्या दे परम यान परम मीनिंग देन द लिमिटलेस सो समराइजिंग द टीचिंग इन दिस chapter lord krishna says one who sees and makes the distinction between the satyam and mithya self and non self purusha or prakriti akshetra and kshetrajna the knower and the known they who make the distinction and also recognize that what is known what is kshetra is mithya otherwise we see the kshetra is one and kshetra is another one not that there are two separate realities so first making distinction between kshetra and nakshetragnya and then recognizing that what is kshetra is never apart from kshetragnya recognizing distinction between mithya and satya and recognizing that mithya is never apart from satya and the what there is satyam alone what there is nakshetragnya alone what there is consciousness alone there is nothing apart from that so what formally appeared as matter is also then appeared as nothing but consciousness so therefore in the vision of a vedantin there is nothing but consciousness all of these nothing but because when you take any object it will reduce ultimately to nothing but consciousness reduced to only asti existence or consciousness that's what or will reduce to harmony that's what will reduce to and therefore one who sees nothing but asti bhati and priyam in his eyes there is no name and form swami ji mean he doesn't see No, but like a goldsmith does not see the ornament; he sees only gold. His eyes may see, but his mind never makes note of that. The thing is that what we perceive is one thing; what we interpret is another thing. So, when I look at the gold ornament, to me, the shape and everything is very important. When a goldsmith looks at the ornament, because to me, oh, this is given by my great grandfather, and this comes down in our family, and this is something very precious, Swami. This is very pious. So me and ornament is very important. And look at this design, Swami, 150 years old. See what's happening now. What is old is now coming back. You know that's what they always say. The new fashion is what it should be 100 years ago. So now this is very fashionable. And thus, for me, even the design of the ornament is very important. Sometimes more important than gold, because association. My grandfather, and this kind of form, it was done by such and such goldsmith. 
to me that is very important. When I take it to the goldsmith, he just puts it on his balance. Swamiji, it is half an ounce. <laughs> and so, one ounce is so much, you get this much money. But, hey, this is my grandfather, so what? <laughs> sometimes we may have, in fact, what happens? Sometimes they have the little vigrahas, images of gold in their house, you know. The puja in the, in the altar, sometimes there was a little golden Lord Krishna or silver Lord Krishna, golden Lord Krishna. Coming down on the family for 150 years, every day worship. But now all the money is lost in the stock. And now, for getting your bread tomorrow, what do you need to do? You have to sell everything. And finally, Lord Krishna also is not an exception. In that way. You have to take him also. With my heart. You can imagine what must be happening to me when I take that to the goldsmith. My heart is weeping, you know. And that goldsmith just puts it on a balance. Swami, two ounces. That's what, this is it. One thousand dollar pounds, this is it. That's all. But this is Lord Krishna. This is so, you know, this is revered. Whatever it may be. For that fellow, it is only gold. He sees the name and form, but does not see. Here I see the Brahman, but do not see, because I see the name and form only. He sees the name and form, but does not see, because he sees gold only. This is a transformation, you know. And Swamiji gives a story of this, you know, he had a, he had a cook. So one cook was working for Swamiji many years ago, and the cook was fond of singing. So while cooking, he was singing also. One day somebody was eating Swamiji. Hey, who is singing inside? He sings well. Oh, he's my cook that is singing. The cook is singing. Then Swamiji recognized the fellow sings well. <clears throat> so let us send him to a school and he was sent to a music teacher. Special lessons for several years. And that fellow then turned out to be a great singer. And giving concerts, public performances, become well known. No more cook. One day after many years he visits Swamiji to pay his respects to Swamiji. How are you? What is what? And so, Swamiji, uh, who cooks food for you? Well, you know, Bhiksha comes here. No, Swami, let me cook the food for you today. Goes back to kitchen and cooks the food. You know, somebody is visiting. Hey, some aroma is coming from the kitchen. Who is cooking? He said, do you know that great musician is cooking? <laughs> so, formally, the cook was singing, now the singer is cooking, that's all. <laughs> so formally, the name and form was real, the costume was real. And therefore, the actor, the one in the costume was missed by me. And now that I say, and the costume is of no importance at all. That's called Bhuta Prakriti Moksham This is called annihilating the Prakriti, not in a physical sense. But just stare in the eyes of the goldsmith, there's only gold, he doesn't even see. He sees but does not see because of no consequence. Similarly, also the wise person that the costume, the name and form is no consequence at all. What is of consequence that is? It is asti bhati priyam, satyam jnanam anandam. It is Brahman, it is the self, and that's all that is of any importance. Then the name and form is of no importance at all. That is called destroying the name and form. Meaning what? That mitya is merged into satyam. Meaning mitya is of no consequence at all. So, to that extent, as I said, 
this satyam must be recognized. This is called non-duality. So there is nothing but satyam, nothing but brahman, nothing but the self. Te the param, they are the ones who attain the param, so they are the ones who attain, attain the limitless end. They attain moksha. So it is this vision, this knowledge, which is the means of moksha, which means that it is ignorance which causes all the bondage. Not knowing this causes a bondage, as you said right in the beginning, not knowing the limitless makes me feel that I am a limited, insignificant <coughs> entity. And therefore, it is a sense of smallness about me which is the bondage. The smallness being false, product of ignorance, can only go by knowledge, not by action. Na karmana, na prajaya, na dhanena, tyage not by karma, not by progeny, not by wealth, not by any accomplishments that the sense of smallness will come. The one who is small will become little less small, little less small, but he can never become big. I can never become free from sense of smallness. But regardless of what I do, regardless of what I accomplish, you are recognizing that I who look upon myself as small, I am not small, I am not insignificant. Smallness is there someplace. Insignificance is there someplace where? In this body, in my mind. But I is ever limitless. So recognition of this, that alone can make me free from the sense of smallness and from all the samsara born of the sense of smallness. So ye viduhu teyandiparam, those who know, they attain the limitless. Meaning that knowledge is the means of attainments of limitlessness or moksha. So with that, Lord Krishna concludes this 13th chapter. And so Lord Krishna said that those who have these virtues beginning Amanitvam, so all those group of virtues, those who have, they gain that purity of mind, they are able to do the Kshitra Kshitra in Viveka, the discrimination between, the distinction between the knower and the field, the known the field of the knower, and that way becomes free from all the, the conflicts, all the suffering created by this duality, and thus gains established in his nature which is Brahman, which is wholeness or fullness. So that's the theme of this 13th chapter. Okay. <coughs> Let me read the last sentence, not printed here, but I'll repeat the last line, Sankalpa Vakya. Om Tatsada Iti Srimad Bhagavad Gita Se Upanishad Se Brahma Vidyaya Yoga Shastra Shri Krishna Arjuna Samvade Kshetra Kshetra Jnya Vibhaga Yoga Nama Trayodashodhyaya the 13th chapter. Shri Krishna Arjuna Samvade in the dialogue between Lord Krishna and Arjuna. In Brahma Vidyayam, Yoga Shastra, Bhagavad Gita Su, in this Bhagavad Gita, which are Upanishad Su, which is ranked as Upanishad, as many Upanishads. Every chapter is like Upanishad. Some say every verse is like Upanishad. But anyway, Bhagavad Gita Su in this Gita's, which are the Upanishad, in the form of dialogue between Lord Krishna and Arjuna, where the primary subject matter is Brahma Vidya, the knowledge of Brahman, Yoga Shastra, 
the supporting subject matter as they call minor and major and minor. So major subject here is Brahma Vidya, the minor is Yoga Shastra, which is the means. So Upaya and Upaya, the means and the end. In that, the thirteenth chapter, title, Kshetra, Kshetrajna Vibhaga. Vibhaga, distinction between the Kshetra and the Kshetrajna, the field and an over the field, that thirteenth chapter is concluded. <coughs> Sarvadharman Parityajya Vamekam Sharanam Raja Aham Tvasarvapapodhyaya Mokshayashyami Masuchaha Hari Om Purnamada Purnamidam Purnat Purnamadachyade Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnamevavashishyade Om Shanti 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 Shankaram Shankaracharyam Keshavam Radharayam Sutra Vashakutavande Varavantavunapuna Ishwaroguratmehi Murtihedarivahine Yomakatyaptadehaya Om Shanti 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 Hari Om Shri Vrudhyo Namaha Hari Om